Um, so yeah, uh, the album is influenced a lot by that. Definitely a lot. Wu Tang, you know, big influence for the the album as a whole. I, music as a whole for me, really. Um, their beats, their um, the chord progressions they use has been imprinted in my brain from a life of listening to them. Um, I uh, you know, it's got a lot of different stuff on it. Uh, no, not one song sounds like it really matches up with another song on this album. So I really tied it in with the electronic elements, you know. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's very weird how it came about because it's all my musical. It's kind of like my dad's album. It's, it's kind of like my dad's album. It's <laughs> it's a lot of different genres on one album, you know, tied in by this one thing in which on my dad's album that consistency was his writing and this his his guitar playing. It was very unique. It, it was a lot like Hendrix. It was very influenced by him, you know, but he still had this own dirty, grimy style that just so, I don't even know what to call it, man. And, you know, if you listen to my dad's record, this didn't happen on purpose. I didn't grow up listening to my dad's record. I started, I was self-conscious. I didn't really tell people about it when I was younger because I yeah. didn't want them to, you know, I, I did, and eventually it happened. Listen to the Vibes. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Listen to the Vibes, and I'm very happy to welcome Mr. Riley Cameron here. Uh, your band is Midnight Daydream? Yeah. And you've got a, yeah. a, got a self-titled album coming out in July, I believe I read. Yeah, July 5th. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's been a long time in the making, man. It's, it's, uh, I've been working on this for a while. I've had a lot of stuff going on in life and it's just been delayed and delayed and, but, but I've been getting better and better. So I've been like, you know, it's, it's worked out. Well, we're talking a little bit before we started, you know, I'm, I'm not much into hip hop and that kind of thing, but there are bands that come around like Lincoln park. I, I like them. And uh, I mean, Riley's not a copycat by any means, but it's got that same vibe, but um, I want to get to know you. And um, if you don't mind, let's talk a bit a bit about your father. Um, he's a guitar player. Yeah. Um, passed away a few years ago. Um, and say so you feel free, whatever you want to talk about as far as your father goes, and, uh, and and we'll go from there. But uh, before we talk about anything else, tell us a little bit more about you, man. Uh. I uh I grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina. Well, Rocky Point, like right outside of it, to be specific. And I, I don't know, man, it was a crazy life. I got into music at a pretty early age. I um I, I, the interest started at about eight years old, but then, man, I had like the coolest mom ever. So, as basically me, me as a as a musician, that had nothing to do with my dad actually absolutely really? nothing to do with no nope not a bit it's it's really funny how that happened uh i remember him playing music i liked it when he played music but my my personal interest in it nothing to do with it i just had a a really cool mom and she um 
I was a skateboarder and there was this band called ASG that I always heard at the skate park. Uh, and um, my my son's uh, cousin, second cousin, third cousin actually owns it now. It's really crazy how that happened. Won't get into that. But um, he ended up, uh, he always plays this band ASG and stuff. Uh, I got obsessed with them, found out who they were. And then I went to go, I started, you know, being hyper obsessive like I am. I uh researching and stuff and I found out that they're actually lived like a few miles down the road from me and they're oh, from wow. like yeah they're from Wilmington and uh <laughs> I was just like and they were already greatness in my head by then you know it was like it was on you know it was like it was like a slayer fan in the 80s like I was like I was in I was in it I was about it you know <laughs> and, uh, so uh my mom ended up just you know, I was about 11, 12, and she just ended up dropping me off at these uh, nightclubs in Wilmington until about 2 in the morning and trusting the band. She she went in there, met the bands, met me, introduced, started introducing me to the people I wanted to meet. You know, you know, she's an adult. Wow. I was a timid little kid. Yeah. Yeah. And every weekend, man, for, I'm talking about for like five years, every weekend. That's where I was. It's going to see this band or seeing other shows it got me into music and you know it, it very at the very beginning of that happened is my brother had guitars in the house and stuff shout out to my brother robbie and uh he um he he uh you know he let me play his guitars and taught me what he knew and i learned and uh i just got obsessed with it <laughs> you know it never really stopped <laughs> you know when i was in high school all the skaters listened to punk music it was uh dead kennedys and that kind of thing. And now I, I hear him listening to like the uh, Lincoln Park kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. so. Which that's strange to me because they, it, it was punk music for me too. That's, that's the cool thing about ASG, man. They feel they're still together. They're still in Wilmington, still doing their thing, man. Sort of a lot of big bands like Motorhead and stuff. They, they've played Hellfest in France. I mean, these guys, they, they're, they're on relapse records and uh, they, they do really well. Uh, you know, still friends of mine. Uh, we don't get to see them as much as I would. I would want to, you know, if I was home. But uh, they uh, you know, they fuse that whole Southern California punk thing, you know, with like, like, like regular rock and roll, you know, like your your average dirty Rolling Stones, you know, like that the you know just that vibe, you know, real like like to the core rock, and uh, it was just so it's still so unique what they do. You know, it's a uh, more psychedelic now, which I, that's, that's a huge, I'm a huge wow. fan of stuff like that. Yeah, see, I always loved classic rock. You know, I was the Beatles, the who Rolling Stones. I mean, anything that rocked back in the sixties and seventies, that was my thing. And then when I got in high school, then that's when you start seeing more of the metal stuff going around. And so, yeah, I was ahead back in high school. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, man, I'm, I'm sure the scene was so much better back then because the, the culture is being taken out of music in general, like not even just rock music, but it's, it's more materialistic. Um, uh, it's easier to make, um, you know, you know, so it's people pumping out more of it and it's just so, it's just more the there's no the, the culture is just being yanked out of it there's no camaraderie there's no um it's just it's just a it's just a business it's okay to be a business we have to have it a business but it's becoming just a business you know and um i'm sure back then it was not like i know back then it wasn't like that you know because it wasn't like that when i was first getting into the music scene 
And yeah. when I was a teenager, it was, you know, it was just, I miss that a lot. You know, I, rem- heaven. I remember bands always like fought against the system and they, you know, they were against all the, the machine, you know, and now yeah, the corporate part of it, you know, yeah. instead of rage against the machine, it's raging for the machine. nowadays. <laughs> 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 what hey, is there's dead presidents, man. People love them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. That ain't no lie. The green speaks a lot, doesn't it? Gee. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah. If you don't mind, let's talk a little bit about your dad. I mean, he was a great guitar player and, uh, you know, left this world too early. But, um, yeah. What do you remember about that, your dad? I remember well, actually. Um, I, I, I do. I have, like, like I've, like, purposely held on to certain memories, you know. Um, I think about him a lot. So, uh, he, he was, he was, a very unique character. I do remember, like, he was eccentric, man. He was different. He was, he was just like, he didn't care about nothing, man. Like, in a good way. <laughs> he just, um, I don't know. He, he, uh, from what I understand, he was a really, I remember him being a good person, but I was very young. But, uh, uh, we, uh, we always usually remember our parents as good people, uh, but even knowing more of his business and growing up in uh, the small town that I did, we, everybody knew him. It seemed, uh, I, 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 he's a really good guy, man. Uh, he he would buy people cars and you know just help a lot of underprivileged privileged families. And he he did a he did a lot for a lot of people. Uh, I know that for a fact, and I, I don't hear I never re- heard any bad things about him. You know, I I never have. Like, uh, he, he, um, he, he was just genuine, genuine. He played with some really good dad. He played with some big name folks, didn't he? Yeah, that's crazy, man. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember some of the, some of the bands? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's actually, it goes even further than that, apparently, um, but he did that album, Midnight Daydream, which is, you know, I eventually I was against it for most of my teenage years and I didn't want to like live under a shadow. But, man, that's a cool name, man. That's an awesome name. <laughs> it's it's a really cool name. And, uh, and and I just I was scared of what people thought. So, you know, uh, I that's where my name came, the name comes from. I, I, I stopped caring what people think in my town because I'm not even there anymore. So, and even when I was there, I didn't care. Um, but he, uh, he made, he made that album Midnight Daydream and he, uh, Jack Bruce from Cream, um, Aunt B, Billy James, my publicist. Great. He's been so patient with me through for a very long time. Yeah. He's an awesome guy. He's, he's a great person. He really is. Um, and, uh, let's see, Michael Bruce and Neil Smith from Alice Cooper group were on it. Gosh, the list goes on. It's a Mitch Mitchell from the Jimi Hendrix Experience, Buddy Miles and Billy Cox from the Band of Gypsies, which is Jimi Hendrix's other band, the one he played at Woodstock with, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, gosh, there's some more, man. Ken Hensley from Uriah Heep. He did some keys on that album. Yeah. And, um, 
Harvey Dalton Arnold from the Outlaws. I don't know how I just forgot him. He's he's legend, you know, in the Southern Rock world. Uh, Harvey's a great person. He's cool. He taught my dad some of his first licks on guitar, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, there was, there was, yeah, there was some history there from uh for a ve- for a very long time before uh my dad got in, before that album, you know, and he they recorded that together. He they actually did my favorite track on that album together. Mitch Mitchell played drums on it. Uh Harvey did bass and sang and my dad did the guitars. It was uh called Miles Away. Um yeah, I'm actually uh I'm actually uh planning on uh putting a cover of that on my record. So. Really? Yeah, yeah, I had to. I have to put a cover from my dad's album on there. It just doesn't make sense not to. I mean, I always play them live, you know. Yeah. Well, he. When you got somebody like your dad, who a lot of people admired, you know, and, and put out great music, of course you want to you want to put some of that on your own album. I mean, it's not you're not stealing it, you're not copying it, you're paying tribute to it. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, well, for a while, I I never put any covers out like that, and uh, I never put in anything out, especially legally like that, because I was afraid I was going to get sued by my family. Oh, but (laughs) but we're past that now. (laughs) I've gotten older. We're past that now. (laughs) You don't want another Dweezil Zappa kind of thing going on. No, no, no. See, my dad, I'm a lot like my dad. Uh, I am the black, I'm definitely the black sheep of the Cameron side of my family. They're all, they're, they're, they're great people. The ones that I know, you know, but there were ones that were around and are around that have, you know, just never fully accepted me, you know? I mean, and I kind of don't blame them for such a prestigious family. Like, just given from birth, like, I mean, my mom was a dancer, an exotic dancer. And my dad was this rock and roll guy, you know? So, you know, it kind (laughs) of didn't work for them. I don't blame them. But times have changed, you know? Uh, When my my dad did pass away, back to him, uh, uh, that did cut me from that side. Like, you know, it kind of broke the bridge to that side of the family. I'm so glad. I'm (laughs) so glad. Really? Like, for real. Like nothing against them, but I turned out, man, I've had a hard life, but I've still turned out exactly how I need to be to help other people. I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. Well, you take your experiences and, and you turn that around to help others. That's what I'm trying to do. I mean, good Lord, I spent most of my life an alcoholic and a drug addict, and I advocate against it. My family means more to me than alcohol and drugs, but back then I didn't care, and now I really care, especially, you know, I got grandkids. I don't want to 
I don't want them seeing drunk grandpa, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll, it's, it's important. Cause you know, to, to the, to our, you know, we're an example to people, mm-hmm. you know, even if we don't realize it, and I had to, I had to make the same call. You know, uh, you know, I, I was, I did a lot of drugs, got in a lot of legal trouble, drank a lot. I mean, that was, I drank more alcohol than I did water, you know, it was just, that was a normal, it was just all day, every day. That's what I did. I just drank beer, you know, and when I wanted to party, I broke the liquor out and then things got really bad, you know? Um, yeah. So I get it. I did a lot of destroying my life with it. And my father did too. And that is, he took something very great and he, I remember him looking different. I don't remember the dad you see on the album cover. That's not what my dad looked like, really. He, he, uh, he looked a lot different than that like that dad you see on the album cover is like super skinny unhealthy his hair wasn't blonde he bleached it with tilex oh my gosh <laughs> you, you, he was crazy man <laughs> he was like that's one thing I, everybody always said was like the best guy but he's nuts like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah he was out of it man because uh I think that I think um my dad was humble, but I think that when you start working with some of the most legendary people in the rock and roll, not only industry at the time, but history of rock and roll, oh, yeah. uh, as humble as you can be on the outside, you develop an internal ego. And I don't think my dad liked that. I think my dad didn't like like I think that my dad genuinely just wanted to make a record with his peers that I think my dad considered himself an equal to those people in the eighties. I really do, you know, cause greatness is something greatness. It's something it's an eye. Everything starts as an idea, including greatness. And you can tell that he had that idea in his head well before he recorded that album, you know, um, he uh i i remember walking to a music store when i was 19 years old and it was uh finkelstein's historic place in wilmington and my dad actually shopped there you know his whole life and i walked in that place man and now my one of my i'd say in my top six five six favorite bands is judas priest always has been uh, since i was a little kid and i walked in there and i saw these pictures of my dad with all the members it was it, it was with river owens though not when uh, robert halford was with him. yeah and, and Still love him. Um, and uh, it just blew my mind, man. It made me realize, like, like, even if that picture wasn't taken after he did something like what he did with that album, like, people aren't going to see it. Like, people don't see it like that. Like, like he's he was an equal then, you know? You know, whenever I'm around my peers that I respect and I've been listening to for years, I also feel like an equal. And that's why I feel like I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, I tell you what, I listened to some of the tracks and I was very impressed. And if if I'm gonna like it, then that that means something. <laughs> it means a lot. To me. That's that's no, my it, ego. <laughs> no, it, no, no. Hey, man, uh, that ear is something that's to be that's trained, you know. And you you spend enough time to listen to music and you have a passion for it. No, that's not ego, man. You you developed, uh, you worked for that. You de- you spent time, man, to develop that that ear for catchy good music your self-credit you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've never been one much into pop music 
I was more of, you know, like I said, I, the the Beatles was probably the most pop that I was really into. But I I, I thought the Stones were better. I thought the Who was better. And I was more of the Stones and the Who fan too. I love the Stones is they are they just have this dark creepy yeah. thing going i'm i'm into that stuff you know like like it's i just like the the minor scales the it, the i don't know i've just always identified more with the darker stuff i mean <laughs> so the, the, who, the who were so precise and technical with their instruments i don't think anybody rivaled them you know there was some that was close I mean, you know, Eric Clapton was giving credit. I mean, Eric Clapton's a hell of a guitar player, but I don't know. I think Pete Townsend was better. I agree. I completely agree. Pete Townsend, if it wasn't for the Who, Punk wouldn't have existed. I'll put right. it that way. You know, um, he, he revolutionized an entire multiple genres i mean pop me he revolutionized pop music i mean they revolutionized rock and roll they wrote they, they they just you know who doesn't who 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 couldn't hear that i, I mean i definitely i wasn't around but i definitely you know no definitely know that at that time for what was going on if you heard the who you knew that that was different especially mm-hmm. they, they were putting samples in rock music like mm-hmm. nobody did that at the time you know, like that's that's just that was that's just mind blowing, and and still to this day, you listen to the way Keithman plays drums. Oh God, I mean, that guy, it, it, and he didn't look like he was putting that much effort into it. It's like he wasn't even he there, was. <laughs> but his hands are doing everything perfect. You know, <laughs> you know, I truly believe that some people can just tap into this thing in their brain, and they're just able to put their bodies on autopilot, like. And they can just, you know, imagine how great these people would be without the drugs. Yeah. Like, yeah. like drugs, the alcohol. That, yeah. Cause it's not that stuff that's doing it, you know, that yeah. might be what gets you over your anxiety to do it. But you, if you can find a pathway around that, all the BS that keeps you from being where, you know, where, what you can be, man, it's just a shame seeing it. It's a, it, it, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, that it's, uh, it's still even to this day, part of that culture, you know, it's still cool to do that to young people, for young people, you know, and a lot of people, you know, I'm still pretty young, but even people my age that are getting to the point where, you know, once you get your late twenties, early thirties, you know, you should probably start thinking about how the just you know it usually happens that way and in the culture of rock music it's like i don't know people look at it as to prolong your adolescence and i don't believe that's a good thing because then you die early you have health problems you know you 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 miss you you're filling your time with partying instead of spending time with your kids you know stuff like that it's just it's sad that it's part of a culture that you that it's still portrayed I mean, people don't understand what, what, that music is the strongest thing in the world that influences young people, and the young people are the future of our world. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, I think about Kiss. Okay, Gene Simmons, he didn't party, he didn't drink, he didn't do drugs. 
but that wasn't something that their publicists and other folks put out there because they wanted to to appeal to the the party people uh, i i had jj french from twisted sister on the show and he outright told me he says we we didn't party but our manager didn't want it, that getting out because that's what everybody was doing and yeah that, yeah you want to market yourself to fit the demographic I, I said you know if if you had come out and said twisted sister doesn't drink and do drugs maybe that would have changed my mind at the time i mean it's possible i think you would at yeah. least change some people's minds yeah no, no you're exactly right i mean if man if I can think. I'm not. I'm not going to go into examples, actually. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I can think of some artists that probably single-handedly helped me destroy my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll say uh, <laughs> bands like Motley Crue, and those were the guys that I was trying to emulate back then. And yeah, that had a lot to do with my self-destruction and it, you know first it was just to fit in and it was kind of it, it was fun and then all of a sudden it got to be a habit and then it was a full-blown addiction and yep i mean i was 36 years old mind you when i had my heart attack that's how bad i drank so uh, yeah it was time to give it up and, i mean god do you yeah, think I'm of you think of a band like Led Zeppelin. How long would they kept going if John Bonham hadn't have died, you know, on his own vomit because he was drunk? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, your body doesn't go in. It doesn't wake up when you're choking. You know, it it doesn't go in your your survival mode. You know, whenever you're drinking, absolutely not. It's sad. Uh, Same with Hendrix, man. Yeah, you know? what would he have done? I mean, he was already revolutionary all by himself. So what no else telling, would he have man. done? What if he was still There's making no music today? God, and he he leaked he or he 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 by by a uh, uh, laws of nature he could be you know theoretically. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because uh, it's a shame. My I mean, dad too, you know, my dad. Uh, he didn't, you know, my dad shot himself. But I still directly attribute that to drugs. Uh, uh, My dad's like me. See, when I do drugs, I don't stop. And I get, I already have enough mental illness as it is. When I do put substances in my body, I, when I crash, I crash. I I mean, I usually end up in jail or the mental hospital because I, and it's due to mental illness. I mean, freaking out, you know, and it just, it gets my, my dad, I know he was this, my mom from what my mom always told me because you know they used together and so they partied together and she always said she was the same way you know um I think that's what happened with him. Mm-hmm. I think that he just got way too you know just all that caught up to him the album the pressure he 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 spent his life trying to get the approval from his father. I know that for a fact and he thought that that was gonna do it and it should have but it didn't. My, my 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 grandfather was not an easy man to impress. You had to do what he he wanted you to do to impress him, no matter what type of achievement you made. You know, he was just that type of guy. You know, World War II vet and stuff like that. So. 
Jeez. Yeah. My my dad, he overdosed. And uh, he had a lot of mental problems, but he's also epileptic. And he, on a good day, he only had one seizure. And that was a good day. And those were far and few between. But he, that mental illness kind of runs through the family. So my, my grandmother, she got to where she would see things that wasn't there. And she was, she had that paranoia about her where, you know, she thought the neighbors were talking about her and spying on her. And, you know, I'd, I'd come over and she, she lived in an apartment and she had put cardboard over all the vents, air conditioning vents. I'm like, Grandma, you're not getting any air in here. And she goes, no, my, my neighbors upstairs are watching me through the, the vents. I'm like, Grandma, they they can't do that. You know, she uh, she had two purses. One my aunt, great aunt had given her. She had one purse that she'd had for a long time. And she would take that to go pick up her, her uh, Social Security checks. And then... When she'd go like shopping with my my great aunt, she would take the new purse and she'd swear somebody stole her money. When they finally put her into a home, they picked up her purse that she you know took to go get her check. She had thousands of dollars in there. What? Yeah. And, you know my my dad. He he got angry all the time. He didn't want to spend time with me or my brother. He didn't come to one of my football games or my soccer games. Didn't even show up for my Dude, graduation. That, that does a oh my god, man! I'm so I could imagine how that impacted you, and you know, would make you want to like, you know, just not not send you down the path that would necessarily be the, to your best benefit. You know, I could see how that would affect you in a way that would just cause, you know, I know how that stuff feels, man. That's why, like, I used to say, like, like, like I dropped out of school to play music. And, like, I I wanted to graduate, but I felt like nobody else really cared, like, except for my mom. But I, I really still didn't feel like she cared, honestly. <laughs> like, in a way, you know, she pushed me to do it. But, like, it was like, I was like, why well, do this? Like, I'm, like, you know, because I didn't feel like, any, you know, it. the lack of, um, what word would you use? The lack of uh, support uh, does a lot to kids that people don't realize. You know, it's a, it's a shame. It's I'm sorry you had to go through that, man. Hey, you know what? It's actually shaped me to be the person that I am now. I maybe I pay too much attention to my my kids and grandkids now, but I, you know, life is short and it goes by so fast. I think of my oldest grandson who will be a teenager this year. It's like, where did the time go? When I met my second wife, he was four years old and now he's 12 going on 13. But where'd the time go? And the only time I ever spent with my dad was when I would work for him during the summer. He had air conditioning business and, and, you know, I, I would get dropped off at a house and to put in duct work and stuff like that. And he'd be off 
working on another job. So yeah, even so then, no quality time. There was no quality time, and when my my little brother he turned eighteen, my mom split. She's like, I've had enough. I guess she was just waiting for us to be old enough. And a couple of years after my mom left, I guess my dad couldn't take it anymore. And so he just decided to end it all. I, I, I just, I hate seeing people go through struggles when there are people out there that care. Even when you're looking for the care of those closest to you there's still someone out there that cares and you should care enough about yourself not to do something like that is the rest of us carry that pain for the rest of our lives. I agree, man. I agree. I, I, uh, I lost, uh, I have a friend. I call him my brother because I don't, he lived uh, beside me my whole life. His name's Adam, Adam Corbett, man. Uh, I lost him three years ago, but I don't have a memory uh, really before him. Um, I, I spent my entire life with him as if he was, you know, me, my brother, a blood brother, and uh, him were best friends are, since I was three years old, you know. And, uh, you know, he died of an overdose three years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was the one out of us that didn't do any drugs. He was the sensible. He went into the Navy. He he. It was so bizarre, man. Like, it was just weird. I... Uh, I came back home. I had to go do a little bit of time in jail because I did something stupid. Um, and then uh, I came back to handle it, you know. And um, uh, before that, he was fine. And I I, I sat in there for a year. Got, got back out. It was like man, like it was heartbreaking. And two weeks later, he passed away. And uh, yeah. So yeah, man, I, I lost somebody. I've lost a lot of people pretty close to me from overdoses, but by him. I mean, it was just as if I lost a blood brother, you know. I mean, that's it's a man, you know. Uh, and then, you know, uh, I've lived a pretty crazy life, you know. And, and I, I have, I've spent a lot of time in prison and jail, and that that's mainly why it's it's taken me to twenty nine years old to release my first album, you know. And uh, it's all due to like mental illness and drugs and everything. Really, uh, I tr- you know, the, the cause of the actions that I took. You know, so now that that's cleared up, my life is completely different. Um, you know, I don't make the decisions I used to anymore. Um, but when I was going through that, when you go through stuff like that, people turn their back on you. You know what I mean? Your family, mm. your friends, they look at you like garbage. And you're sitting in this cold block. Nobody to call. Nobody helping you out make money. But, you know, so you can have money to make phone calls. And uh, he never judged me. Never. Just there for me, man. Like. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's hard. I don't like drugs. <laughs> they, yeah, uh, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. Yeah, losing him was harder than losing my mom. Mm. Like, yeah, that's a lot of loss, man. Um, my my little brother, right after my dad passed away, my little brother swore to me he'd never do anything like that. And three years later, he hung himself right behind my grandparents' house. And I didn't give myself the chance to mourn. I just went to hitting the bottle even harder. I started doing coke a lot more often. And so I suppressed all those feelings. And here it is, what, 23 years later? 
and I still find myself crying over it. You don't. Yeah, you, yeah. You bottle, those emotions don't go anywhere. They stay in there. You yeah. know, when you put a bandaid over them, they don't heal. You know. Um, That's right. Yeah, I, I had to all everything I was dealing with flooded back to me too. Whenever I stopped using everything, I um just kind of, you know, it just becomes reality. Life becomes real. There's there's no uh, instant fix for the moment to pacify you anymore. You know. Um. Yeah, that it's a uh, it's crazy how it works. You never know what's going through somebody's mind, you know. And that, that's it's it's made me realize to always be kind and genuine to people because you never know what they're going through, mm-hmm. you know. It's uh, it's you know, it's just just gotta be humble and uh, respectful towards others because you never you you could be the cause of somebody relapsing one day you know you could have a bad day treat somebody like garbage you know say say the wrong thing you know i feel like i've done that to certain people before you know and uh reality of the situation is just you know a lot of people say you can't stop somebody from doing something and that to a certain extent that's fact but i do believe that you can change their mind yeah, yeah. Well, you have to be an example. I think exactly. when someone looks up to you and they see, oh, well, he's cleaned up his act. Maybe that's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll give you a quick example. I, I basically hung out with bikers when I was in my teen years. A lot of my friends, mm-hmm. their parents were bikers and Anyway, I had, after I had got married, I'd got a job doing pest control and I went to go do an inspection, termite inspection on this guy's house. Well, this is a biker dude, right? He's got some nice bikes in the garage, you know, and the long hair got tattoos all over him. So I'm like, oh, this is my kind of people. So I go strike up a conversation with him and we got to talking and he was working on a trike he had taken an old Volkswagen beetle and converted it into a trike. Right. That sucker would fly. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. But, I can imagine, you know, I'm, I'm talking to him about the bikes, about the tattoos and all that. And in the middle of the conversation, he just stops and he says, Hey man, would you, uh, would you like to go to church with me? And it kind of floored me, you know, and, it made me think if this guy can go to church, maybe I could go to church. And I said, well, man, I'd love to, but my wife and I, we don't have a car right now, so I, I can't go. And he goes, I'll come pick you up. Okay. Well, son, sure enough, Sunday morning, he showed up to my house and took us to church. And that was the start of me really starting to change my life around. Now, unfortunately, I I had a falling out with someone at the church and I left and I got bitter and my, my first wife left me for another man and got bad into the, everything again. And well, I mean, you know, heart attack, the whole nine yards, but 10 years after all that stuff happened, I met my second wife and she's helped me to get back on my spiritual path again 
but I think what would my life been if I had never gone to church, you know, and now I, I reference back to it and I want to have a cleaner life. You know, the big man talks about those seeds being planted, you know, (laughs) you don't always know when they're going to grow. And it's just like, there's certain fruits that will grow few seasons and then all of a sudden they die and then a couple years later they come back that's kind of way i feel exactly you know um you you, and and i don't think we i think we uh as addicts you know it's we we have we we typically all have like a certain self-esteem issue whether it's our looks or like the way we or our past haunting Mm -hmm. us constantly you know and uh Having something, you know, having something or somebody to come in and help you realize your potential, whether that be a good woman or a good friend or God or, you know, whatever that may be, whatever positive thing that is. I, th- I think that's really awesome, you know, and an important thing to uh, be open minded to if you're struggling, you know, that if you can do something about it, if you yeah. if it's not coming to Go find it, you know, even if it's hard to get up out of bed, go find it because it only takes if it's a woman that only takes a split second and then your life can change. If that's what's meant to change your life, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's just you just meet somebody. If it's your career, it's like if it's something that if if you're depressed because you want to make music and there's and and you're a great musician and you can't you 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 just want to do it. And you're depressed because you're not living the life that you believe you're capable of and that you want to, you can do something about it. You can go to music conventions. You can start going to shows and bugging people, bugging other musicians who care. Screw your social anxiety. Go talk to these people. Just go say, hey, that was great. You know, and that could change your life. You know? Oh, yeah. It, it, it's uh, so I'll, I'm a firm believer in, you know, push through it and take action, you know. Uh, get out if you want a woman go out meet a woman you know go to church meet a woman you know whatever (laughs) (laughs) i think a lot of my self-destruction and you're right about the self-esteem i mean i was molested when i was a little kid and i I don't know i guess i felt like i wasn't worth it and uh, it, it it took me almost totally losing my kids to really change my mind about things and now I'm, i have no desire to to get drunk or high i even think of, about how terrible i would feel being on a bender like i don't want to mm-hmm. feel that way i already have enough aches and pains i don't need any more right <laughs> yeah man yeah there's those hangovers can get bad especially if you're drinking liquor no, that's once God. I got liquor, that's when the real problems like always started, you know. Well, like with my health, everything, you know, with decisions, oh, yeah. anything. Yeah. You know, we were talking about Billy James uh, a few moments ago, and uh, I I met Billy. Uh, I, I actually emailed him to ask him to be on my show. I saw him on a Frank Zappa documentary and I, I wanted to get him on my show and he told me what he did and, and you know, who he represented, but he, he wrote me an email about a couple weeks ago and he says, 
uh, he wanted to tell me about this kid, Riley. <laughs> and he made sure that I got a couple of your tracks. And he said that uh, he really wanted you to come on my show. And I trust his judgment. And from what I understand, you, you took responsibility for your life. And you decided you were going to get things right. And, you know, you're doing this music. And I want to say that I'm very impressed with you. And, and uh, I know we just met, but I'm proud of you. And I want you to thank you stay on that straight and narrow. And we've we've kind of brought the mood down, I think, for the audience. But um, <laughs> I, I want to know a little bit more about your album before the show ends. So let's get into yeah, that. Yeah, um, for sure. I'd love to talk about it. That's that's I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, whatever you want to know. Uh, well, whatever leading question, you know, because I, I, I'm really proud of this. I'm really. It didn't go at all how I wanted to. Like, not at all. There was supposed to be some bigger artists on it and everything. That's for. Uh, now I have to save that for the next album. But, um, uh, it's uh, it's cool, man. I uh, it's it's been recorded uh vocally um it's been it's being recorded uh mostly in the same place but as far as the instrumentals i mean some of those things uh i, I wrote on a train you know uh some of the, some of it i was in my brother's garage in 100 degree weather in north carolina recording guitar tracks overheating my computer and interface um you know it's it's really interesting how it came about just because there was uh you know i spent a lot of time tr thinking that i needed somebody else to complete it I've never been a singer, just a guitar player, you know, but I got sick of people. I enjoyed the vocals, so. Dude, that means the world, man. That does. <laughs> um, I, I, until recently, I've been super self-conscious about the vocals. Um, I just, it's never been something I could grasp. And um, I was very afraid to attempt it because I'm not somebody who likes to fail. And uh, I, was, I understand. More, yeah, and uh, I just had to learn, man. I had to spend some time learning and writing. I'd learned, you know, the the um the theory behind being a wordsmith. You know, that was something that was a big challenge, and you know that's that's where a lot of my hip hop influence comes from. Is you know those it's not it's not a there's I understand why rock fans don't like hip hop mostly, especially rock fans that didn't grow up on it. Mm -hmm. um my generation grew up on everything you know but because it's not meant to be enjoyed as the same appreciation for the music theory it's more of cadences and word rhyming and punchlines stuff like that you know and uh, i get a lot of my lyricism from hip-hop because it uh it i really appreciate that part of the art form the poetic part of the, of the art form you know um it, it, it uh it doesn't have as much hip hop influence as I want because I'm not really a rapper and I don't want to be. Yeah. But I uh, I really enjoy making beats. I'll consider myself a producer. I mean, I have hundreds of hip hop beats that I just don't know what to do with. You know, I've been working on over the years. Um, that a lot of cool guitar stuff in it. I mean, Eminem. I Eminem to me is uh he was a big influence. So that that's that's what started the rap. Eminem, Wu Tang Clan. I mean, I got a Wu Tang Clan shirt on right now, man. I love those guys. Those guys are rock stars, man. Those guys are freaking rock stars. I mean, they're 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 
what they did to the industry. I mean, it's insane. They 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 flipped the industry upside down. They're they're geniuses, and uh, you know, and I I see hip hop as all the genres put into one. You know, it has the attitude of rock and roll, the 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 classiness of jazz, and the delivery of of a spoken poetic, you know, art form, the, you know, spoken word art form. It's just, it's a blend because they didn't have much to work with. It's a bunch of guys from the ghetto who are sadly put in that situation. Um, so yeah, uh, the album is influenced a lot by that. Definitely a lot. Wu-Tang, you know, big influence for the, al- the album as a whole. I've, it's music as a whole for me, really. Um, their beats, their, um, the chord progressions they use has been imprinted in my brain from a life of listening to them. Um, I, uh, you know, it's got a lot of different stuff on it. Uh, not, not one song sounds like it really matches up with another song on this album. So I really tied it in with the electronic elements, you know, um, yeah. it's, uh, it's very weird how it came about. Cause it's all my musical. It's kind of like my dad's album. It's kind of like my dad's album. It's <laughs> it's a lot of different genres on one album, you know, tied in by this one thing in which on my dad's album, that consistency was his writing and this, his, his guitar playing. It was very unique. It, it was a lot like Hendrix. It was very influenced by him, you know, but he still had this own dirty, grimy style that just so... I don't even know what to call it, man. And, you know, if you listen to my dad's record, this didn't happen on purpose. I didn't grow up listening to my dad's record. I started, I was self-conscious. I didn't really tell people about it when I was younger because I didn't want them to, you know, I I did. And eventually it happened. It it happened. People lumped me in with the Cameron family and my father. And that's why I get all these shows in Wilmington. It wasn't, (laughs) it was just because I was like that driven you know, to walk around and pester these venues until they book me a show. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd fill it up, you know, I'd walk around with flyers and I'd fill it up. Um, so yeah, it, um, yes, this whole album is just, uh, it's very, it, if you listen to my album and listen to my dad's album, you'll hear a lot of the same licks, a lot of the same, I play guitar like him and a lot of his old, old school buddies, you know, always told me that too, which is just kind of like, I don't know, it just goes to show jeans, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, the talent apple didn't fall far from the tree, huh? Yeah. Yeah. People like to say he just kind of pissed me out, you know. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you think about it, some of the best bands that lasted the longest were bands that could change their music, but still you knew it was them. I mean, the the Beatles did it. The Who did it. Rolling Stones did. It. I mean, how many Rolling Stones records you hear like a rocking tune, and then something sound like it could have been on a country album? Um, yeah, and, you know, Led Zeppelin. I, I don't think there was two Led Zeppelin albums that sounded alike. You know, very um, true. So very true. When you're able to do something like that, I, I that's a talent, man, and. I think that's going to prove longevity. So, uh, yeah, and you know, I, you. when I first turned it on, I think the first song I heard, I, I heard the uh, the techno stuff going on, and I was like, "Okay, uh, I wasn't expecting that from Billy." And then I hear this 
really rocking guitar and you know a good beat and it it wasn't that usual hip-hop sound that i hear you know my my kids play i was like wow this is um without sounding like lincoln park it's got that kind of feel to it so i for me to like it it you know i I don't want to sound egotistical but you know you should take that as a a compliment i do i do too a, a very big compliment especially just considering you know we come from different generations of music and you know uh if somebody from your generation of music likes what i'm doing because what i'm has a lot of new in new age influences Mm -hmm. um it's like i'm I'm really putting the future and the past together on this one you know (laughs) and uh it's really weird (laughs) that that it's working so you know because i want my audience that's what i want i don't want to just have a bunch of young kids at my shows i want everybody to be able to appreciate this you know i want this music i don't want to look weird making some young like i want to be able to make this music when i'm 45 and not look like i'm trying to live in the past you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. well um if you if you watch some of the the clips of rolling stones concerts during the 80s you had a mixture of the young generation my generation with the older generation enjoying it you know same thing happened when i went to go see the who I'm like, wow, there's little kids out here. And when yeah. I got to go see Judas Priest, I'm seeing, you know, there are a lot of people around my age out there is going, is it 10 o'clock yet? It's time for bed. <laughs> yeah. But there was a it's, lot of kids. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's some music is just timeless, you know? You, you know, uh, it's it just, I want that. I want to do that, you know? I, uh, you know, it's funny. One more thing. Uh, you know, I had to handle some stuff. I'm out here in Colorado. I went to I went to see Wu Tang Clan, and uh, September. Always wanted to go see this group. I mean, I'm talking about like it's like it's one of those. You know, yeah. probably if I could say if I could choose any last group to ever see, it'd be them. And uh, I remember I was like, man, you know, I don't know if I'm about to go get locked up for the next four years. I mean, I'm dealing with legal stuff like like this is the last of it, thank God. But I was dealing with legal stuff all over the country from stuff seven, eight years ago. Yeah. So I'm I'm cleaning my life up having to go deal with all this stuff. But (laughs) you're facing it. Instead of running away, you're facing it. I have to for myself, my future, mine and my dad's legacy for my son, most importantly for my brother so I can do something with my life to make him be able to do something better. He wasn't part of the Cameron family. He didn't get like, he didn't get the opportunities that I got, you know, I got to It's up to me, man, for my kid, for everybody. I have to clean my life up and I got to music is the path that I'm supposed to do that with. There's no, I believe in God. I believe in destiny. I believe in a path. And I believe that I went through the things that I went through so I could help more people than the, the the tiny bit of the the pain that i experience compared to the amount that i want to help people is just there's no comparison to how worth it it would be if i could save one person's life for with anything yeah. especially with my life. if i could just put a smile on one person's face on the way to school who's about to go get bullied and it made them feel like you know some type you know some type of 
uh, just some type of hope or, you know, mm-hmm. gave them some self-esteem like music did me, you know, uh, that's worth it, man. It's worth God. it. See, that's the same philosophy I have with the show. If I could just reach that one person and give them another day of hope to, to know I mean, that life can go on. You giving me a platform to talk about the stuff that I want to today. That means the world to me. You, you don't even understand. Like, I don't take this lightly at all. This means a lot. Like, like being able, this is, this right here is, this is, I'm living it right now. That's the way I look at it, man. This is, this is what I do. You know, uh, I, I want to talk about, I want to tell my story and help people. I want to be a part of this world, you know, in this community. And, um, and I want to be a positive light in it, not somebody trying to shed light on bad things, you know? And, um, I feel like to do that, I need to be able to talk and to talk. I need to have people willing to listen to me, you know, and if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be able to do that. So you. what you do is super special, man. Thank you. It's already helped people. It just helped me. It's already helped me. It's helped me right now. The second. <laughs> That's, uh, I, I, that means a lot to me, you know, People like us who have been damaged a lot, we have this empathy for other people, sympathy for other people. Though we just want others to not feel that pain anymore. We want to help them. So that that's been my main goal this this whole time. You know, it it's awesome getting to meet so many great people i mean i've met some really famous people and you know that to hear some of their stories that they're they're going to hopefully inspire someone else you know it's it's great getting to know them but when you get down to the root of why am i the way i am that that to me means more than Oh man, what 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 did you feel when you wrote this song, and what kind of guitar did you use? And dude, I can look up some of these artists, pull up their interviews, and they almost all sound carbon copy. I hate it, man. <laughs> I know what you mean. I get sick watching this stuff, man, because I don't really watch TV that much. I watch interviews from artists. Like I'm I'm obsessed with music, you know. Like that's it's like like. And it's, I, I, I know what you're talking about. It is like that, man. It's a, it's like you said, you talk about why they are the way they are. You can understand their music more too, man. Like you understand them as artists because artists, you know, we're all self-expressing, you know, unless, you know, unless we're some people. <laughs> you know, uh, when I was in high school, there were certain bands that I just didn't listen to. I didn't care for one of them was poison and I, I went to a poison concert um, as an adult. My, my little brother had gotten tickets. It was a hair metal fest. It was going to be a day of all these bands from the eighties. Right. Oh Lord. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a blast. A lot of them I love, like, I don't know if you consider them hair metal, but Queensryche, man, that band. Oh yeah, that's my wife's favorite. Dude, I love them, man. They're just the sickest bands from the I don't even for the eighties or nineties. I think they were eighties. Did it came out in the eighties? Yeah, 
they were like they were they're different than every other hair metal band they came with an attitude they weren't like mm-hmm. like man i don't know I, I could go on about with hours about jeff tate's vocals and just all those guys man it's one of my favorites oh yeah definitely one of my top bands but well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean no. to interject. Oh, no, 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 no. This this is actually your time, and I'm taking it up with my stories. But the, my, my point hey, man, is, I, is... I got all the time in the world. I'll sit here for <laughs> six hours and talk. <laughs> but uh, I I, uh, I went to the concert because uh, my brother had gotten better tickets, and he gave me his uh, old set for free. So I'm like, oh, well, hell, you got all these other cool bands out there. I, I like, you know, Slaughter was out there and I forgot who else. But... Okay. So I'm there and that was the year that my brother decided to end his life. And so my first wife and I decided that every time they were going to have a hair metal fest, we were going to be there just kind of to honor him. Well, yeah, for sure. By, uh, by, happenstance we got to go backstage and ricky rocket was there the drummer and yeah so i decided oh, i'm gonna go up and talk to him and i told him the story about my little brother and how we started coming and anyway he came up and he gave me the biggest hug and he was just so inspiring talking to him and then all of a sudden i was like you know poison's not so bad after all so i started made me want to listen to them and i think if you can relate to a band that makes you a bigger fan so. yeah it's not even just about the music itself that you hear it's about the the culture it goes back to the culture and the idea of the music you know that attracts you to it it's not just about the sound it's about these people i i can relate man these interviews i see interviews of musicians and, and like I like them as people before I even listen to their music because I'm just like scrolling through. I hear their name, so I'll click on their video. I'm like, what's this dude about, you know? And um, you know how you do. And, you know, I'm just like, wow, like this dude's cool. I want to listen to his music. And then I think that if I would have heard the music before I knew about him, I probably wouldn't like it as much. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Uh, get a good into these people's worlds, you know? Oh, uh, Billy had sent me this kid named it's funny his first name's cameron um cameron sean and he's like a hip-hop rap artist and you know i i am not a fan of that music but i sat down and i talked to him and i found out what he was all about and his love for his family that he was trying to to make it so he could support his family and make a better life for them yeah and i was like you know Maybe this is not too bad after all. So if there's going to be any rap music I was going to listen to, it was going to be him. And that's because and I got to know him. Yeah, that that's one thing about Wu-Tang Clan. They've always been very open. I'll, I'm sorry I go back to them, but they're just oh, a no, huge influence music in my life. And, and there's 10 of them, so there's a lot to do with that. Really, there's like 20 of them. <laughs> there's <laughs> I mean, when they say they were a clan, they weren't lying. When they say they were forever, I mean, they're 54 years old, still touring the world, man. They got a TV show, uh, Wu-Tang American Saga. I would recommend you, it's Hulu. I would recommend you watch that since you're really into the culture of music. Um, And it will give you some insight on the hip-hop world. Because those guys, man, they they came together and they they did, they didn't, they, 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 
they're Rizza, they're the abbot, not their leader, because they're all leaders, man. But the one who put it all together, he made them sign contracts saying they would stop selling drugs and everything. You know, he really he made them uh they did that to get their families out of poverty. They they really did. And most rappers do, you know, um real them really special case that they they were a lot of them were enemies, rival gangs, rival neighborhoods, whatever, you know, and they um they came together for a common goal to get their families out of because they knew they had something special, you know. Their their mindset, not even just their music, but their mindsets, who they were as people. You know, they were all genuinely really good people. And they do a lot. I mean, the old dirty bastard, God rest his soul, rest in peace, man. He um he uh his son actually, his super inspiring story, his son, young dirty bastard, is now his, you know, filled his shoes in the Wu-Tang clan. He's around my age. Super inspiring story. Super inspiring to see that live as somebody who's in the beginning stages of recording an album, you know, and seeing that, man. But, you know, people want to say all this stuff. And when they said Wu-Tang for the, was for the children, they weren't lying, man. ODB, this man, he he lifted, you know how those mothers, like like a car will be trapped on top of the kid and they'll get super strength? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what he, he did. He lifted a car off of a child. Like, you know, no. like, put himself in harm's way to do it. Yeah. Wow. Saved a kid's life, man. It was all over the news. You can look it up. It's all over YouTube. You know, it's one of the big achievements. You know, they, they're, a lot of these rap artists are actually really good people, man. Really good people. You know, sadly, ODB, you know, he was one of those people. He, he, he liked drugs and women, you know, and that was his downfall, you know, and it's sad because people look at these celebrities like they're just material, but they're human beings, you know with feelings and lives you know and um you know we we lose a lot of them to drugs you know another world one i would recommend to check out is juice world i saw him in colorado a few years ago before i came back and uh he uh very big inspiration he uh he would make music that you would probably like he was a hip-hop artist but he was he man i mean he he went like However many times platinum you can go, or diamond, I'm sorry, like, <laughs> you know, he, overdose, you know, Lil Peep, same, was about to blow up. He was about to, he fused rock and rap and was really about to do it on a whole nother, he was about to be the biggest artist in the world, died for an overdose, you know, instead of having his life, he has a Netflix documentary, you know, it's sad, it's sad, man. So much talent. And you just waste it on things like drugs. And people don't they only think about it. Oh wow, this makes me feel good. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get out of control. And before you know it, I mean I'll sit and finish an eight ball by myself yeah. in one night. And how I'm still here, I mean, I must be here for a reason. Yeah, I um uh a conversation with Billy is really what made me stop drinking. I'm uh, almost seven months clean on alcohol. And uh, Congrats. I contribute that to a conversation with Billy. I uh, I talked to him for about an hour, maybe a little bit more. And uh, he, I don't know, man. There's no amount of money that the, my family, my prestigious side of the family could convince me to you know, and they don't want to, I'm just saying, you know, I could have followed that path and it just never appealed to me. But Billy, he told me some things, man, and really put things into perspective. 
because this is a man I look up to that just just he he's just achieved greatness in life in my eyes. You know, he's worked with some of the best, and I couldn't. That's what, that's all I've ever dreamed of, and he put some things in perspective, and it made me realize I have to now. Like before I pull out of this parking lot of this store, I got to make a choice, you know, and uh, what I'm going to do with my life right now, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I don't think he knows that that conversation had such an impact on my life and what I'm doing right now. Um, Cause I was like on the verge of falling apart mm. and, and uh, he definitely yeah, shout out to Billy, man. He's, yeah. he's helping me. Achieve Billy, what I want to achieve in life. Billy is one of a kind. Uh, you know his his kindness and friendship. Gosh, I, I can't say how much that means to me, and all because we both have a love for Frank Zappa. Yeah, I, I say I saw him on that documentary. I saw he wrote a book about the mothers of invention, and I. I googled his name and i i found his email and i sent him a message and it's like hey can you be on my show and I, he he says look i don't have the equipment right now he says but i i do represent a bunch of musical artists if you'd um interview them and be honest with you i thought it was just going to be some maybe up and coming nobody's ever heard of kind of people and you know First interview, I think, was uh, Kevin Godley, who was the drummer from 10CC and part of Godley yeah. and Cream. And I'm going, they're like on my my uh, my playlist. If I ever go, you know, on a long trip, I'm playing 10CC. Or Listen, I, you, know. I, uh, <laughs> you put my press release out. So, you know, being the excited little kid inside me just starting out doing this stuff you know and i went and looked on his website and just i was like I wonder if he has my name up there man and i looked man and it's just not that it means anything because it's an alphabetical order and stuff but it's just it makes you if it wasn't for billy man man on his website my name is like right above richie blackmore's in the list that's crazy like, isn't it richie blackmore <laughs> Like, I never in my life thought that, like, me as a guitar player, just the fact that anywhere in this world my name is near him, <laughs> like, I was like, what? And it's like Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, and it's like, dude, that's like Dio, man. <laughs> like, I know, dude, he's he's trying to get uh, Neil Smith, who was the drummer for Alice Cooper. And... Yeah, he was on my dad's album. Yeah, that's crazy. He's yeah, trying to get him on yeah. my show. And <laughs> Carmen Apice, uh, you That's know, crazy. I mean, the dude yeah, played with Vanilla Fudge for heaven's sakes. <laughs> I mean, look, go on his website, look on his list of clients, man. You got oh. Rush up there, you got Johnny Cash up there. I mean, Billy, he he's a humble man because he's he, he doesn't. It it seems like he doesn't do too much for the press. He could he could be Hollywood, I would say. You know, he's Billy down keeps to earth. Humble. Yeah, he's very mm -hmm. down to earth. He's not Hollywood at all, and I love that about him, man. Because I mean, what he's genius. what he's done for me, I I don't know how I could ever repay him. And, and the dude sends me uh, books that he wrote, and then he had another book. And he said we were talking about some of my my health issues, and he says, "Oh man, I, I use I read this book and it helped me." And he freaking sent me a copy, you know. 
great guy, man. He great would do guy. anything for anybody. You know, if it wasn't for Billy, my dad wouldn't have made that record. Billy wasn't on my record, on just on that record. He was he was my dad's closest friend wow. for sure. I've met a lot of my dad's friends. Billy is most genuine out of all of them that I've ever met, you know, and he he made that happen for my dad, really, you know, that it was a team effort. But I mean, he 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 looked at my dad and believed in him, you know, and look what they achieved. It My dad didn't give it enough time to, uh, uh, you know, he didn't live long. He, he, he killed himself a month after it was released. Why you would do that after working with some of the most legendary artists? The only thing could be the drugs, you know, um just mental illness which is can be man he could have managed anybody can usually manage it if it, as long as they're not adding to it you know mm-hmm. but but i wouldn't have i wouldn't have i wouldn't be able to sit here and say i have a little legacy you know to to live out if it wasn't for billy i wouldn't be able to achieve that um as far as the business is concerned publicity advice billy uh he really opened my eyes on how i carry myself online my public perception you know, the things I say, the things I do, how, you know, like what, you know, that I need to carry myself differently in those aspects. He's taught me a lot, man, more than he understands that he's taught me. You know, when I was a little kid, I reached, I I, I, I know Billy, I've known Billy a long time, man. <laughs> he, uh, and he, he, he listened to me when I was just a kid. He believed in me. He's believed in me all these years, you know, still believes in me obviously you know i mean he's he's working for me he's doing a lot for me well i i i could kind of tell the tone that he had when he wrote to me and so uh i was like of course i'll have him on my show you know and thank you i'm really glad that i got to meet you I, i i feel like i've i've added something else to my life to make my life better just meeting you thank you i I really genuinely appreciate that and same honestly man like it's it's a pleasure man it's it's such a pleasure to sit down and talk music and real life real stuff you know it's uh it's not every day you meet people that are not only open enough but willing and uh you know appreciate good conversation about uh stuff with substance you know subjects with substance so um it's a it's just it's delightful i would say (laughs) well i want you i want you to make me a promise that when your next album comes back on i mean when you put it out i want you to come back on my show and talk about it for sure man uh absolutely i'll I'll come on the show anytime anytime i uh Man, even if it might take me a little while to do that, man, hopefully I can get some success on this one. <laughs> Ride this out for a little bit. You I, know, uh, I think you will. I think I hope you do. So. I don't know how all this business stuff works as much as I should, you know, but um, I'm working on it. You know, I'm doing everything I can. I, I am. I, uh, um, it's, uh, you know, I'm trusting the people in my corner and on my team, you know. Definitely listen to Billy. Oh, yeah. He's, he's my mentor when it comes to all this. I listen to anything he says. I don't care if I don't even like it. He's never told me anything I didn't like, but, you know. Yeah, he's he's not going to BS you either. No, that's what I like about him. You know, if he BSed me, that conversation wouldn't have had an impact. 
that he had with me. Mm. You know? <laughs> well, yeah. I definitely am recommending this to my audience, even if you're not into that hip hop kind of stuff. It's not going to sound like a, a regular hip hop album. I'll give you that. No. So. Yeah, it just has some influences is all. Yeah. Just a little bit of influence. I mean. It's really rocking. I mean, if you like rocking music, you'll like this hard rock music. And uh, I wish you all the success in the world. You always have an open invitation to be on the show. Thank you. Do you, know, do you, do you have a website? Yeah, um, it's going to change. Uh, but for right now, uh, it's going to be up this world. Um, it's midnightdaydream.company.site. And uh, you can find merch there. Uh, I'm not yet. Uh, merch is going to come in. I'm getting all that stuff put on, you know, in the next month or so. So I'll have merch up there. There's the record will be out there, physical copies. Um, I'll have some more stuff. I'm re releasing uh, Midnight Daydream isn't just going to be a, isn't just my group, it's also going to be a record label. And uh, we're reissuing my father's album. Finally worked out getting the rights to that. It took me 23 years, but (laughs) um, I'm going to be reissuing that and I'll sign in some other bands. So that'll be all on the website. It's midnightdaydream.company.site. And uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty much everything. Show announcements, anything. You know, all our social media links are up there. So Yeah, what what, uh, what all social media are you on? Um, right now, just Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, of course. But um, that's about it right now. I'll probably stick with just that. The album, uh, as far as streaming services, the album will be on Spotify, uh, YouTube, um, Apple Music, Google Play, Amazon, the standard. And I'll be floating around Pandora, all that stuff, too. You know, all the streaming radio stations. Well, I'm actually going to add the links in the description of this show. So make it easy for people just to click on it and go to it. Oh, thank you. I do appreciate that. I do. Um, you know, and I want to get this out to as many people as possible. I, I don't want this just to be about music. This isn't about me, you know, getting a bag of money. I, I really want to help, you know, um, save the culture of rock music and music in general. I like to say I do it all, you know, and, I really, I really, you know, um, you know, that, that logo, I want that to be the bat symbol for rock music. There you go. <laughs> My general, <laughs> so, you know, we got to stick together and uh, it's time that we start treating what we love and cherish so much. Like it means something again. Yes, I want to, I want to help fuel that. Yeah. Bring people together instead of all this other division that's going on in the world right now. Mm. exactly exactly you know let's all be a family again (laughs) yeah let's be that strong nation that we used to be you know it man music brings people together you know um even the stuff you would think divides people apart you know it's music and it It can be talking about division but it'll bring people together it's just this weird thing it's just this energy just beautiful beautiful you know if you believe in god you know, God talks about having music in heaven before he even talks about creating the earth. It's just, you know, I view it as a spiritual thing. You know, it's uh, it was created before humans, you know, we didn't create it. It's it's a thing of, of nature itself. 
it can be that bridge that that it could be that something we have in common that brings people together we just we need to spread the love and not the hate absolutely absolutely well Riley again I thank you for being on the show man Uh, thank you a lot thank you anytime anytime you know, if you want to talk to me before the next album about, you know, uh, the how how the album went, you know, anything, man, please. Yeah. Just, this is what I do. You know, I I like talking. I like telling my story, talking about my music, and I like talking to good people. You know, having good people in my life. You know, that's that's important. Yeah, that that is uh, definite. Uh, it sucks how many relationships I've had with people I grew up with that I, I had to break it off or. You know, I, I say I love I love them from afar. If they really needed me, I'd be there for them. But I just can't hang out with them because I'm not oh, yeah. I'm not a teenager anymore. I can't party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm just Paul Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and I thank all of you out there. If you are new to the channel, I hope you'll come back. Hit that subscribe button for my regulars. You guys. You make it possible for me to do this, and the word thanks just doesn't seem like enough. So until the next one, everyone, please take care. Be kind to one another. God bless and peace.